Hello there. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have now tuned in to the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away from Imperial Landing Craft to Imperial Shuttles. We've got you covered, and they are different. They are different, people. Don't let anybody tell you they're the same thing. My name is Justin. I'm one of your hosts here of the show. Joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts. This is Josh, and that was literally the worst from this thing to that thing that you've ever done. <laughs> like, Lazy. one thing. <laughs> one thing. Uh, uh, this is Kyle, and I, I got to agree. That's, that's like rhyming a word with the same word when you write a song. It's just, I feel a little cheated. Uh, <laughs> from Bla- Rebel Fleets to Rebel Scum. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you'd enjoy that one. What's up, everybody? Hope you're having a great week. Thank you for tuning into the show. If you are a new listener to the show, welcome. We love always having new listeners uh, pop in and check us out. And hopefully you stick around and you stay for the long, for all of the stuff that we've got. We've got, I think what Josh said was like 100 and what are we, 115 episodes now or something in. So plenty Sounds of content. Plenty of content out there for you to listen to if you're just tuning in for the first time. If you've been listening to us for a while now, thank you for coming back. We appreciate it. We yeah. hope you've enjoyed us. Um, we definitely love having you on the live streams because it gets crazy uh, on the Friday night live streams. It was uh, shenanigans this past Friday, but it was a ton of fun. Foolery. Um, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. So uh, Still up if on you YouTube, it, not too late to check yep. it out. Uh, yep. I beat you to it. You were just about to say that, weren't you? <laughs> well, I was going to say, if you want to <laughs> tune in to the next one, ah, even better. we do our live streams every Friday night, 8.30. Uh, right now, we're covering uh, Book of Boba Fett when that drops, so Boba that Fett? comes Where? out Wednesday. We get together on Friday night. We chat about it. We have some beverages, and we have a good time. Why Sometimes is Justin always up- trying to push booze on people at these live streams? <laughs> it's Monday. He's already trying to <laughs> tell people to drink on Friday. Yeah, I'm already. I'm looking at like five days ahead, man. Yeah, I'm already yeah, on yeah. Friday. I'm already on Everybody Friday. Everybody working so. for the weekend. Yeah, great song. Great song. Everybody's working for the weekend. Um, <laughs> But yeah, tune in Friday night, 8.30. Um, you can catch it on YouTube, Twitch, and uh, what's the other one? We got uh, stream, um, the Facebook. Right Facebook, Book of Face. So, but yeah, How did you Grandpa forget Facebook? Jeez, I know. I don't know. God, this is go-to news source. But yeah, catch it every Friday night. And uh, <laughs> you, J- Kyle's right, though. You can catch out all, all of our previous episodes on YouTube. We've got both our live streams and our podcast there. Some of the podcasts, all the live streams. <laughs> <laughs> uh not a lot going on uh in news this week we got a little something that we do every week though that we like to discuss we're about 19 weeks out from star wars celebration and i am looking forward to it really hoping it goes things are crazy right now with some uptick in numbers things are canceled and delayed and stuff so i hope uh I hope this isn't one of those things. We'll see. No. It's um do what we need to do and uh, try to keep you know, get our vaccines, mask up, do your things so that we can resume normal life cuz I would love to get back to that cuz I need to go to a con. I haven't yeah, been to a con and I don't get know. Get your long. dang shot so I can go to celebration like I that's where I draw the line. I'm hard line. 
I really want to go to Celebration. Do not F this up for me again. <laughs> yeah, I, I really want to go. Um, I, I There's lots of things I want to see, lots of things I want to do. We've got a lot of new Star Wars coming content coming out within the next couple months. I want to be there to witness the drop live and in person of all this awesomeness that's about to hit us rather than doing another online Ugh. con like we've done for the last like year and a half. So, But you know what wouldn't hurt is just a little heads up. Uh, here's what we're thinking from Re- yeah. Repop. <laughs> yes. Like, here's when you can expect some more information, like a little, little quick message in the old email inbox, anything. Like, geez, it's yeah. been... Wishful thinking. Like, hey, oh, we're still here, radio guys. We're silence. thinking about you. Yeah, only it has been friggin' three hundred dollars worth of tickets. Can't <laughs> shoot me an email. Yeah, it's been very dark on that side of the uh, the Crickets. the communication fence, I guess, if you will. It's uh, nothing, no communication. So, uh, hopefully, In we hear some things soon because nineteen weeks is getting a little bit closer, and uh, hopefully, we get some news. Yeah. We've oh. talked before about like what the other windows are uh, that they've used for the other cons that they've put on this year, and we're getting pretty close to that window. Yeah, want to say that um, if we're going using other read pop cons as a uh, benchmark, uh, we should be hearing something in February. Mm. So we're real close. Okay. All right, let's go. That's let's go. Roughly let's do three it. weeks by my calculations. Come on, read pop. Bring it. Let's go. A uh, little bit of news. Um, we did have some Star Wars news. We did have some a little bit of sad news to oh. to kind of discuss. Uh, we just want to say um, rest in peace to Bob Saget, who actually just passed away. Um, a little bit before that uh, was Sidney Portier. Uh, was about a week ago, I think, um, as of when we're recording this. So. Um, but, but from what I gather, both gentlemen, just upstanding people, um, terrible losses in the acting community, um, and just for people in general, because a lot of people that love those two individuals. So yeah, their former coworkers had a lot of good things to say about them. Yes. Yes. Both of them. So, um, rest in peace to those individuals. Um, we had some news on the video game front, uh, Jedi Fallen Order sequel, uh, is going to have a different subtitle. We don't have it yet, correct? It's not. Right. I don't know. So they're making. It's named. just going to be Star Wars Jedi, and then the subtitle will like fall. Well, they're treating Fallen Order as the subtitle. So whatever okay. the sequel is, it will be Jedi something, something different. else. And we're going to have some characters uh, from Fallen Order returning, and then other known characters appearing. Um, and the uh, the plan was for there to be a trailer dropped at Celebration. Ooh, Sounds exciting. Nice. Guesses, predictions. Who do we think is going to be the um, known character that's returning? Luke. Someone in a poncho. Well, yeah, you know there's they're going to be ponchoed up if we're doing a <laughs> Fallen Order sequel. Yeah, I'm going to guess it's uh, somebody in a poncho. Maybe they expand the wardrobe of ponchos. My God, that was I, one of my biggest complaints with that game. the The outfit upgrades were just abysmal. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Like you couldn't customize other than changing the yeah, color. There was of the no way to make him look even a little cool. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, you and then get we him got... in the Inquisitor suit, which kind of—that's cool. actually what I was yeah. going to say. Unless you made him look like a bad guy, which was like the coolest yeah. thing you could do. Yeah, yeah. Which I think Maggie would would probably say that makes everybody look cool when you make him look like the bad guy. Um, Phase two of Star Wars is coming up uh, for the High Republic. It launches in October of 2022. Um, 
we've got some new authors joining the roster here. Josh, do you want to run down the authors that we've got joining the already talented writing group? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Zoraida Cordova, who wrote uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, A Crash of Fate, and Labyrinth Lost. Uh, Tessa Gratton, who wrote The Queens of Innis Lear um, and Lady Hotspur. George Mann, who we just uh, talked about his mm-hmm. um, Christmas or Life Day book. And then he also did Myths and Fables and uh, Broken Things. And then Lydia Kang, who did Patient Zero and The Half-Life of Ruby Fielding. And Very it's worth cool. noting that they're just joining the already established uh, yeah. you know, High Republic architects, many of who are friends of the show. Yeah. Check yeah. out our uh, catalog. And Kevin yeah. Scott. So. Yeah, the the holiday book was outstanding, and if you want a good sample of George Mann, that's a good good reference to go to. And the Star Wars myths and fables, along well, with that, yeah, that was um, good too. Couple, yeah, they're both really really good. Couple questions, just to make sure mm-hmm. I am up to date. One, this new phase is actually going to predate all the novels that we've and comics that we've been reading, right? In the actual timeline. All that I'm not aware of. What's your source? You have a source on that. The internet. I'm. <laughs> I I thought that was an official Star Wars uh, release. I thought Star Wars said. So that. it's almost like Phase One. Here's all these characters. Phase Two. We're gonna take you back before all those characters again, be. and then Phase Three. Go back to the current timeline and finish it out. I can't speak intelligently on any Phase Three situation, but I'm pretty sure I saw that this next phase is going to take place before what we're ah. they're going back in time again. Um, gotcha. But also I thought we already had, I thought we were already on like phase three or I guess those are just like waves. No, we were on, fa- we were on like wave two of phase one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Phase. Uh, I got my, my waves and my phases confused. That's my bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, wa- I, I will say so, when I should have phased or something. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I, uh, I finished, um, the high Republic, uh, the fallen St- or fallen star by Claudia gray today. Okay. Um, I'm about a third of the way in. Don't spoil. Can I say something nonspecific? Yeah. Plot armor does not exist in the High Republic. That's all I will say. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> I mean, that's that's pretty much a true statement already because of Loden. But yeah, that makes me yeah. anxious for the people I like, though. Good. Mm. You should be. But again, we've we've talked about that, right? That's okay, good here writing we go. when you're constantly going the direction that most people don't think you're going to go. Yeah, I don't need my heart broken any more than it is just in regular <laughs> the regular course of my natural life. Uh, so now new series and creators are being teased for the next chapter that will venture even further into the Star Wars galaxy's past, reported to be taking place 150 years before the events of the High Republic's Phase 1. Oh, Titles, okay. I was right. Boom. Boom. Dropping I read that on the internet. The wrong <laughs> clock is right twice a day. This is garbage. I don't know. I like, I'm always saying intelligent, poignant stuff, and then everybody always acts surprised, <laughs> even though I do it all the time. It's like basically the reason I'm here. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. No. <laughs> okay. 
remember, remember Justin's the smart one. I thought he was yeah. the old one. Get, how many gimmicks does I he get to have? I get to it's two. I'm old and smart. <laughs> well, I thought you were. Well, but then remember who used to say you were smart. So, <laughs> but I'm also <laughs> old, so I forget half the smart stuff I Shady. already knew. So there you go. Um, <laughs> Always got to consider <laughs> do, the source. <laughs> we do have we do have a lot to talk about on today's show, though. We do have a ton. You're not going to get of anything from me. I'm two, done with the it. book of Boba Fett to discuss, which was quite awesome. Um, just because this is Josh's favorite theme of all Star Wars, I had to I had to play it a little bit over here for you. Um, Boba Fett was on Tatooine. <laughs> dum 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 dum. And he came <laughs> out is, of the Sarlacc pit. Dum 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 dum. Sea shanty ish. I told Kyle before the show. I said, you know what? The more I listen to this, the more it grows on me. I feel like if I had a big mug of beer and was like swinging it back right. and forth, yes. it would like, and there was a whole crowd of us, maybe we were about to so ride into battle ride or something. Yeah. Like yeah. Get you like amped up. Like a bantha. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but this was, uh, we talked a little bit about this um, last week. We did discuss it. And, um, you know, Josh had, had said it wasn't his favorite, but I figure I'm going to use that as we go so forward. Much he could write it better himself. I don't know. Seems a little. <laughs> yep, that, that's word for word. He's going to be in his room there with his bass, and he's going to put some together, and he's going to send it over to Ludwig and be like, hey, man, hey, here you go. Hey, can you maybe use this next time? I'm not going to support Josh's career as a bassist anymore because I posted a funny Instagram meme about the rebel bass bass like music instead mm-hmm. of bass like military bass on my Instagram and Josh didn't even didn't even I've uh, COVID oh, oh, oh that, that means you've got free time man you told me you don't do anything <laughs> you don't even leave the working. room <laughs> oh lord uh, sorry we for are, you for offending you with my friendship about- my bad <laughs> the Book of Boba Fett, Episode 2, The Tribes of Tatooine. Uh, this was a much longer that episode than yeah. the first one, which we, we yeah. just talked about last week. We wanted more. Uh, we, we wanted more meat a something uh, to dig into. what we got. Yeah. yeah. Uh, writer John Favreau, director of this one, was Steph Green, who has directed episodes of Man in the High Castle. Really good show. Seth uh, Green's Luke sister. Cage. Parents really lazy with the names. <laughs> Luke Cage, also a really good show, pretty sure. Um, The Americans, American Gothic, and Watchmen. So she has done quite a few things, quite a a couple big projects here. Um, Normal. Those are some big things. And lots of comic book work, too. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the cast, guest appearances, cameos. Matt Berry was back as the ADA droid. Jennifer Beals as Garza Fwip. Um, Fwip? Fwip? Cool Fwip? Why are you, why, why are you saying it like that? What? Fwip? Garza Fwip? Fwip. Garza Fwip. <laughs> yeah. David Pasquizzi, Pasquizzi as Mach Shays as Mayor Jerdomo. Still doesn't Robert get a name. Rodriguez as Mayor Mach Shays, which somebody had posted this really funny tweet of said if you say that name fast enough it sounds like mayor mccheese <laughs> i don't know if you guys saw that or not mm. but it was hilarious interesting um no relation wesley, oh no <laughs> wesley kimmel as the tuscan kid uh carrie jones as black kersantan um uh, casey Paul, jones parent uh, brother uh yeah parents, parents real lazy, lazy with names yeah 
<laughs> Paul Paul Darnell, uh, and I just wanted to point these out. These were kind of interesting. Paul Darnell as Nightwind Assassin, um, Mandy, um, I think it's it's Kowalski as Cammy, um, and Alan Graff was the bartender um, in the bar, and they are all stunt doubles and stunt coordinators. So oh, cool. it was really cool. Yeah, like they've Get done. Um, I think. I think Mandy had done stuff on Captain Marvel. She's done some stuff in Wonder Woman. She's she's done some really really cool stunt work. Um, but it's nice to see him getting like, uh, you know, not like alien yeah. characters with prosthetics on. Like they're getting facial exposure as actors and actresses, um, in the industry, um, but normally do stunt work. So, really really cool to see them. Uh, Kyle. Drop us, hit us with the uh, the Star Wars Kyle's Minute summary right. of episode two. This is the, this is the brief rundown. Uh, so this episode, again, is split into two. What would be the, our current timeline where Boba is already, uh, you know, he's the crime boss on Tatooine. And then our, our flashback where he's hanging with the Tusken Raiders. Uh, we start out in the current timeline where Boba and Fennec are interrogating the assassin they captured at the end of the last episode, and he claims that they were hired by the mayor. Potentially, he was even told that they were hired by the mayor, and he believes that. He seemed pretty scared. I don't think he was really lying. Um, so Boba and his crew go to confront the mayor. There's another little funny exchange with his... Um, his like uh what's that guy called his major domo there uh i mm-hmm. i think that guy's funny um but turns out that it wasn't really the mayor so he says i believe him i don't know about you guys i don't think it was the mayor uh, i think it was those huts like he implied but he says go see uh your lady friend at the cantina there because you don't have the whole picture and he offers him up a little bit bit of advice that running a family which is basically politics um can be more complicated than bounty hunting which i think is Mm -hmm. true yeah yep we do have a, a little bit of that audio from the mayor's office um the the um where did it go? The it's funny when he walks in there, they're just kind of standing on the mayoral protocol as he enters the office, which I don't think Boba Fett is used to at this point. I'm Boba Fett. I'm here to see the mayor. Hmm. Boba Fett. Um, um, do you have an appointment? I found one of his stray pets. I'm here to return it to its master. Well, I don't see your name in the schedule, so you'll have to... Um, oh. <laughs> pardon the lack of pomp for your entrance. However, I did not see your litter arrive. Another reference to that litter. Mm. Nevertheless, we are both honored and delighted by your serendipitous visit. However, I regret to inform you the mayor is indisposed for the rest of the week. And that, uh, there are, this is uh, this, this area here is restricted. <laughs> nope, you're not... Sir, if you would be so kind as to... Apologies for the intrusion. Terribly sorry, Your Eminence. Who is this who enters unannounced? The Athorian looks so damn well. It is the new Daimyo Boba Fett, Your Excellency. 
He says, you know damn well who it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was he was pissed. Well, because it's all a power move, you know? Even the whole thing about like, mm-hmm. oh, no, you can't come. It's like who can get away with the most, who can make the other person do what they want them to do. It's not, it's all, it's all bullshit. It's just yeah. like, it's just a flex. Yeah. I think that quote about um, running a family being more complicated than bounty hunting is a callback to the first line we ever heard from the Mandalorian. It's you know, bounty hunting it's is complicated a complicated profession. profession. Yep. Yep. It is a complicated you mean, uh, you mean this, this one right here? You should remember, you serve as long as the Daimo of Tatooine deem it so. Before you threaten me, you should ask yourself, who really sent the night wind? I have no motive. As you said, I serve at your pleasure. I am not a fool, Mokjais, and those who thought otherwise no longer draw breath. Here is the tribute I offer. Some advice. Running a family is more complicated than bounty hunting. Is that it? Go to Garza's sanctuary. You'll see what I speak of. Yeah. I mean, he's not not wrong. Yeah, it's definitely it's, different it difficult. when you're living in mm-hmm. that like gunslinger kind of lifestyle that the bounty hunters are used to. It's you know kind of a kill or be killed situation, and people are usually putting their cards on the table a little more. And I think the the running a family thing that he's talking about is involves a lot more kind of backstabbing and uh, uh, deal making and colluding and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I completely derail us for a second? <laughs> why, here we it's go. why you're here, Josh. <clears throat> you know how they so I'm I'm saying this now because we're still the Nightwind person is still alive. You remember when they put him down with the Rancor? Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. why the Rancor wasn't there? Wasn't funded. Didn't meet its funding goal. Oh jeez. Uh. Jeez, oh, Pete. Not enough people wanted the Rancor. Too soon. Yeah. (laughs) Good good timing, in my opinion. I think people wanted a Rancor. They just didn't want it in a six-inch size Rancor to to go with the Black Series without what they needed. But yeah, it's terrible, Josh. Terrible. Bad joke. Bad joke. Maybe a little too soon for those those Rancor backers. I'm sorry. There's no Rancor backers. Yeah. (laughs) Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> All right, continue, Kyle. Take us into where we go uh, after yeah, the Yeah, so office. he says go to the cantina, and when he gets there, everybody's like nervous, and he makes some um, some funny reference about the mayor said to come here, and now I get here, and you're sweating like a something something. I can't remember. Gumta on on Mustafa. Yeah, there we go on. Uh, well, we know Mustafar's hot, and whatever that thing is, it's probably furry or sweaty or gross or both. Um, so she says, uh, you didn't know the twins are coming to claim their cousins, whatever. So these two hut twins getting carried on their litter because they do not walk on their own two feet. They don't have feet. Mm-hmm. They have, I don't know, thoraxes or something. But they... Uh, uh, get carried on their litter by a whole bunch of people who have strong backs and they've got um, their assassin enforcer, Black Kersantan, who we've mentioned a couple times. He was 
so so cool um gave a little growl no no speaking lines yet but it um they have come back and they said that Jabba's our cousin so we have rights to this place why they're choosing this time um is unclear to everyone involved including me yeah and we do have that intro of bk here if you will on top of that's Hutties. I don't care what your tablet says. This is Mos Espa, and I am Daimyo here. <laughs> there he is. Slow stroll up around the corner. Looking angry. You've never seen a tougher looking Wookiee. No. And that's saying something. The stare down was really cool, too. You can bring as many gladiators as you wish. But these are not the death pits of Durr, and I am not a sleeping Trandoshan guard. <laughs> this territory is mine. Go back to Nalhata. Oda. <laughs> There's uh that's Phoenix charging mm-hmm. up her, oh, her she's always ready right there because she thought it was about to go down. She she's always uh, got that thing on her. Yep. She yeah, stays and strapped. I left that I left that little bit of Hatties in there just because it, it was it's fun to listen to. It's interesting to listen to. I, you know, I didn't put the subtitles in there, but um as far as you know, trying to translate it, but uh Basically, he says, look, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to fight here in the middle of the streets. And uh, it's bad for blood is what is it? Blood is bad for business, I think, is what he said before they decide to well, leave. I, th- I so. think the I think the huts know uh, Fennec and Boba and his two Gamorians are going to be able to handle BK, even though he's formidable. He's a Wookiee. He's very well trained. Mm-hmm. He's not beating a uh, kitted up Mandalorian with with three people helping him out, yeah. you know. And then when he's gone, uh, those huts are going down pretty pretty quickly. Um, yeah. can, uh, I've got a couple things about our boy BK there, aka Black yeah. K, aka Santi. Um, he's a comics character, which I think we are all familiar with. That's why we were pumped to see him. He's a he's been hired by Vader. He's a sometimes friend of Afra. He's popped up in quite a few different comic books over the years. He's been hired by Jabba the Hutt multiple times. Uh, he was originally left Kashyyyk, uh, that's the home of the Wookiees, in disgrace, and he sought out these gladiator trainers who usually take slaves who have been captured. He went and found them and got trained up as a gladiator to become this super badass fighter. And then later used those skills to be a, uh, to be a killer bounty hunter. And that's, that's where um, Boba's the, these aren't the fighting pits of Durr thing came from because he was a gladiator who used to fight in the fighting pits and Boba's saying, uh, I'm, way more bad than any of those gladiators. So that's like, I don't know specifically what the, I don't know, Josh, maybe if you do, but I don't know specifically if we know what the sleeping Trandoshan guard is. 
um, other than there's just definitely no love lost between Trandoshans and Wookiees. They're like classic Star Wars enemies. Trandoshans hunt Wookiees. We saw him give a Wookiee pelt, but um, I don't know if there's some story about BK sneaking up on a sleeping Trandoshan or something mm. like that. Um, but yeah, I hope I think we all. I are didn't find we that. Again. I didn't find that, but I also didn't find. Um, I mean, he killed some Trandoshans. Didn't see anything um, about a sleeping guard, but he actually volunteered to be. Normally, the the fighters are slaves, and he volunteered to fight because he's that aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, uh, no mention of Dur, Dur before this episode either. So, mm-hmm. I'm, and I I can't find if a planet was actually. Uh, where the fighting pit he was in before uh, was mentioned or not, but uh, what was the, that we just saw in the war of the bounty hunter comics where Boba painted his armor and fought as Django. What was that fighting pit called? Do you remember off the top of your head? No, I thought, I thought that was a something fighting pit too, or fighting pit of something. Yeah, no, it was a similar type. I just can't remember what the name of it was. Um. Yeah, it wasn't Dur though, because I did a quick Google too, mm-hmm. and it didn't it didn't pop up. But yeah, I think that's even though we might not be familiar with the fighting pit of Dur specifically, I think he was definitely referencing the fact that he was a gladiator in various fighting pits, though. Right? Fair to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And before before Boba wraps up the uh, the conversation with the twins, he does kind of. Ba- he basically stakes his claim as the owner or as the new proprietor. Hey, possessions nine tenths of, of the law, of, baby. Yeah, here he is dropping it on uh, the twins. Your cousin Jabba is dead. This cowardly majordomo usurped his territory, and then I killed him. Throwing shade at the dead. All that Fortuna. belongs to me now. To me. Your sister is right. If you want it, you'll have to kill me for it. Mm. A lot of the whispering that she does, they didn't even have the subtitles. Well, that's like in the that's like in the cartoon when they're all huddled together and they're like, and then. They start the drums up. Yeah, they're out turn, of there. And they go away. Now, they head Not out. Not fast. They don't do anything fast. No. no. Well, the, the, those people carrying that that litter can't move did that you, fast. Did you guys notice there's a couple times when they're just standing there having that conversation where the people holding it are like shaking and like sweating. Yep. And it having, was perfect. Oh, it was awesome. Yep. I loved it. It looked like they were about to pass out in the Tatooine heat from yeah. <laughs> trying to hold that thing. Yeah. Boba's fighting ex- uh, pit experience was on... Uh, Nar Shada, which is Nar-shada. the moon of Nalhada. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That makes um, sense. Then, They're always doing like decadent gambling and stuff out there on Nalhada. And then before the story shifts and kind of goes a completely different direction, you get this last little bit, which I thought was very interesting a little exchange between uh, Boba and Fennec. They're huts. We would have to get permission if you want to kill them. Maybe it's settled. You really think so? Nope. No. No. Need to get permission. 
Who are they getting permission from? The Hut Council. Crimson Dawn. Well, the Huts aren't going to approve them killing their own family. Uh, Why would they go to the Huts? Crime families literally do that all the time. Have you never watched The Sopranos? Well, no. Well, yes, but that's within like their own their own family. No, not always. They had the New Jersey people whacking their people because they owed them payback and stuff all the time. Mm. I think you would get. You would get. You think. I mean, I think I, I, I see what you're saying, Kyle, but I think this would be like this would be like, you know, Don Corleone going to an Irish guy to kill a a guy from the Irish mob or the Russian mob to kill another Sicilian. Or no. I took this would be I like took, I know an what you're Irish trying guy to say. asking Don Corleone <laughs> to kill a Italian guy. I uh yeah. I, I took it as we gotta get approval from the Hut Council so we don't start a war with the Huts. I don't who gotcha. else who else would care if you kill a hut is the question. That's that's where I'm going is like I don't know if it's just the huts or Crimson if it's somebody Dawn. else. Why would I why would Crimson Dawn care if you take out these two and Because I want twins. there to be a storyline reason for Kira <laughs> to be <laughs> sure. in the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, so here's so here's Which, the thing, right? All speaking of, this, of before we get too far. Yeah. He said your sister's right. She called him the twin. They are definitely siblings. They are also definitely <laughs> like whispering in each other's ears and rubbing their hands on each other's tails and literally intertwined. So, um, I well, don't know. We do know whatever. in War of the Bounty Hunters, most of the Hut Council, if not all of the Hut Council, was murdered. So, how many? Maybe there. Maybe huts are very, very endangered, and they're you know. so rare that they're just inbreeding to save the species. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that assessment. If the world ends and your sister's the only lady left, she's the world ends the right the, there. I'll tell the you, hottest that. lady on the world. Um, <laughs> but no, just because the hut council died, that, that means like the next seven huts come in and become the council. They weren't. That wasn't all the huts. Stinky. That was just the bosses. A little stinky coming up in the world. And we, we don't know fast. that. Have you ever I, seen a hut that wasn't a boss? Yeah. The giant, giant, fat one that lived in the shack that was um, Stinky's mom. That's, that t- didn't, talked that's to true. Obi-Wan. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Um, and actually, Jabba I, the Hutt's not on the council. Is yeah, I guess he is, but uh, his son wasn't. No, I said not a boss, not a boss. Oh, not a, well. They all think they're a boss. It's like their thing. Yeah, Jabba was on the council though. He was, but it's right. it's an interesting take because it's it's it does leave that question open. Like, are, does does that mean they need to go to the huts? Does that mean they need to go to Crimson Dawn? Is there somebody else they're referencing that we don't know about? Because it's interesting to go. Okay, you have all these kind of operating these all these different crime syndicates that operate independently, right? You've got the Pikes, you've got Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn is not the all encompassing. It's not the all encompassing organization right crimson dawn is its own syndicate you got black sun you've got this so it's almost like okay you need permission from whoever the current governing body of all of the crime syndicates is to go after another hut which you're giving the crime uh, syndicates way too much we we just read war the bounty hunter there's no there's no crime syndicate overlord they all answer to themselves and they different time. work with or against each other as as it fits their own, uh, you know, motives. Yeah. yeah. But that's where I was going with it. So I was like, okay, that's why I went to Crimson Dawn thinking, okay, maybe they've 
now turn they've they run the game all of the other crime syndicates kind of report uh, to them until somebody usurps crimson dawn and then their group takes over i think you guys I mean, are trying to really want crimson dawn to be in this show really bad a new comic <laughs> series is called crimson rain i and i'm not saying it couldn't happen either but it doesn't make any sense to me for kira to protect these two huts I'm not saying why? she'd protect them. I'm saying why would you need her? Appro- why would you they need would her need approval? To ask. That doesn't. That wouldn't yeah. make sense to me. I don't know. TBD, TBD on this one. I think so. Uh, so continue, Kyle. Let's okay. let's move yeah, forward. This whole so, show is this just story was a synopsis. this was told a very different way than the previous episode, which went back and forth between current and flashback. We are now. Yeah, this one was like like. Um, assassin's creed where he got in the tank and then he just went back in time and then it was just there Mm -hmm. for the rest of the uh the rest of the episode so in the flashback portion uh the tuscans are minding their own business out in the sand dunes um boba fett is training with his with the tuscan warrior with his gaffy stick he's getting slowly better and a train randomly drives through the middle of the desert and starts uh, just like mows down a bunch of them on the way and just drives off and kills a bantha and a couple Tuscan, uh, actually a whole pile of them because they lit a big pyre and there was, there was a bunch of them, uh, which I really, side note, I really could have used like one, just like why like i get that they're running spice i get that we when we got to the end the pikes are running spice but like why are they doing it that way yeah this is my this was my one gripe with the show was that there's i i understand my logical brain i know this is this whole thing is a love story to westerns and samurai movies so how do we get a train heist in here fine and the train heist looked but, cool like, i won't deny and that it, at and all. it did yeah. yeah yeah but like we know that the spice is not from tatooine so it's not like they're taking it from one part of the planet they're not mining it in one part of the planet and mm-hmm. taking it to another part they're bringing it from somewhere else why wouldn't you just take it to where you, you literally going? take yeah. it to right where it needs to go from space. Yeah, why don't you just land there? Why are we creating this whole second part of the trip? I don't like it. Didn't I? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't. <laughs> the Pike's know. logistics is uh, a little baffling. And why? Even if you even if you need to go to one place on Tatooine and then make another stop somewhere else on Tatooine, why wouldn't you go back up in the spaceship and go back down to the other? I don't know. I mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Like Josh said, like it could have been. This is why they do it. I like just give yeah, us some. Could have been like a reason. sentence or two. Here's here's why they're doing this. I, I don't know, but anyway. Yeah. So they they take out a bunch of people, whatever. Um, and Boba Fett's like, well, what what's going on? And the Tuscans are like, well, we have we have. There's nothing we can do about it. It's a train. It's this giant train. They've got fancy automatic weapons, and they are primitive people. They have sticks and what amounts to uh, muskets. Right, you know they fire lasers, but it's the most primitive rifle weapon that we see in Star Wars. So they just—they could never catch it. They don't have the firepower. That they're completely, you know, outmanned or outgunned. Uh, so 
Boba takes it upon himself to attack this roving gang that we saw in the first episode. They were whatever. They ransacked that little hut when he was with that snitch of a Rodian. And then... uh, (laughs) It's uh, the Hell's Nectos gang. Yeah, exactly. The little little biker gang on the the speeder bikes, which is, I mean, cool concept. I like that too. I always like speeder bikes. Uh, And there's a nice little bar fight there. And he gets all, you know, whatever, five, six speeder bikes and brings them back. And he gives them to the chief. And he's like, here, I I brought you these. These are my gift to you. We're going to use these to take out the train. So there's a nice little montage of him teaching the Tuscans who are these primitive indigenous people how to use this technology uh, so they can put together this elaborate scheme that when the train's coming, they're going to signal each other and they're going to have some, some riflemen in the dunes trying to shoot out the windows or give covering fire. And then this other team on the, um, on the speeder bikes is going to drive up and they're going to assault the train and take it over, uh, which they ultimately do. And they find out, like we said, that there's pikes on there. Pikes keep popping up. If you want to learn more about pikes, listen to our old episode from whatever season seven of clone wars. We talk about pikes, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they always show up and they're always not that threatening. Fair to say like they're kind of the least scary. If you're going to run into a crime syndicate, you want to run into the pikes because they're kind of like lazy stoners just running their spice trying to make a buck uh, most of the time. Uh, so we take him out and Boba does the like really, really cool thing where he's like sitting on the cargo, almost like he's sitting on a throne and the Tuscans are flanking him and they hand him the black melon and he's like, look, here's how this is going to go. Uh, they claim ancestral claim to the, this, uh, these dunes, you're going to pay a toll to pass. Um, and any harm you pay to these people is going to be repaid to you tenfold. And, uh, the fact that you get to live is only so you can go back and tell the rest of your syndicate that this is how it's going to be from now on. So he's officially earned their respect we get a really cool little, I don't think there's any dialogue after this to the, uh, a little bit when they're doing the lizard thing. And then he goes on a spirit quest and it's all a montage of, he goes and, and, uh, well, there's the lizard that crawls up his nose. Uh, and he goes on like kind of a, like a ayahuasca journey type thing where he's tripping in the desert and he's attacked by the, the, um, some tree out there in the middle of the sand, the dune sea. Uh, and, and he's seeing how he is in the Sarlacc and he's being grabbed by this tree in kind of the same way. And, and he's being reborn again. And, um, he breaks off, he breaks free. And by breaking free, he gets this big stick that he brings back and he uses it to, uh, forge his gaffy stick. And he gets suited up with the, um, the Tuscan attire. They dress him just like the the droids dressed him in the armor in the first episode, and uh, then the whole thing ends. He comes in with his new outfit and his fully official forged gaffy stick, and he starts doing the form that he's been practicing with the warrior around the fire, 
And slowly the whole rest of the tribe gets up and they're going through the movements with their gaffy sticks and they're all doing this awesome Tuscan tribal dance around right of the passage yeah. type thing. And he's yeah. uh, been accepted at least as someone they respect, if not like an official equal member of the tribe type of deal. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I want to go back. I want to go back to what you were talking about when he first gets the bikes and he brings them back to the village because there was a, a lot of time. I thought these, this section in particular, this part in the training montage were really funny to watch. And that's ultimately, I think what, people have to remember is it's star wars it's supposed to be fun mm-hmm. there's supposed to be some funny to it and if you just no. think it's like serious i all refuse the time, to enjoy this thing that i, I don't love. know how you get any enjoyment out of it but um the first one was when he actually brings the bikes back and he's trying he's trying to tell the chief these are for them and they just They're start immediately like them ripping right apart. away and when he finally gets them to stop there's that one tuscan like in the back that like chucks like one last piece <laughs> He's like, whoop, like this. But this is what it sounds like when he brings them back. A gift for you. No, 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 stop. These are mine. These are mine. Stop. These are mine. I will teach you how to ride. I will teach you. They're all just looking at him like, what? This is how we will stop the train. They're like, oh, okay. And then you get this beautiful montage of him trying to teach. It's almost like a like when you teach when you see like um if you go to a ranch and you see people teaching how to ride a horse mm-hmm. for the first time and they go around in the circle and he's like standing in the middle and they're kind of like circling the bikes a little bit um at one point and then they get into more advanced maneuvers where the the Tuscan is trying to jump from one bike to the other and he keeps missing. And there's actually one clip where the bike behind him runs over him. Like he falls off and the, the Tuscan on the bike kind of like hops up and he, yeah. you can tell he hits him. But um, this is just a little bit of the, uh, the mo- when he's trying to explain to him in, in uh, Boba's, Boba's driver's ed course. Okay. It seems this pretty easy to drive one of these things. Makes frankly. it go. It does. Yeah. This makes it stop. Go stop. When we do a dance, we do it like what? Like a panther. Yes. Maybe not. Okay, who wants to go first? They're all looking. They're all looking at each other like, what? We don't even speak basic. Okay, go stop. But he gets one on there, and he's like, all right, I'll, let's do it. Immediately backwards. <laughs> and you can hear him go, whoa, just mm-hmm. as it flies backwards right away. Um, but that leads to that montage of him trying to teach the riders, and uh, it was great. And then uh, you, the, I, the, let's talk about the pikes for a little bit. Not as scary sure without the mask. Oh, I know. They look Definitely. like such turds without the mask. <laughs> the masks are kind of cool, actually. Uh, but yeah, they're, they look yeah, their weird, smooth, noseless faces—not that cool. With their no, they kind of look like fish in a tank. I guess. It's like the like, people complaining online about how they don't look the same as they do in the cartoons. Like, I'm over it. Well, <laughs> in the, important. It's just the pikes in the cartoons. They, I, I think they do. They have definitely a similar aesthetic, and the like, the 
like coloring and shape of the masks is the same, but they have those giant crazy heads in the cartoons that could, and they're also stoners always smoking hookah so and like talking all slow and crazy in the, sh- in the cartoons. So yeah. Well, one's a lot wearing of that a Hawaiian translate. shirt. Yeah. Uh, whatever the leader was, was literally wearing like a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, it was Friday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was casual Friday. Yeah. <laughs> He's wearing his Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Um, the, and this is, uh, we've heard a couple of the Pikes through both Clone Wars and here, and they don't sound intimidating. And this is actually the one that he talks to about the spice. Who's the leader? Nobody wanted to own up for Are a second. Are you going to give us? That depends on how you answer what I'm about to ask. They definitely do not sound like that in any of the animated versions. Mm-mm. Are you carrying spice? Oh, this guy. What do you mean? Spice. What do you he mean knows exactly spice? what Sansana he means. Santa spice from the slave mines of Kessel. What does spice look like? What does spice look like? <laughs> like that. And if you didn't see that coming, as soon as he said, "What this does is spice not look like?" Good for you. I love how he goes. This is not looking good for you. No, no. It's like uh, wrong answers, bub. Wrong answers. Um, and then, you know, when you talked a little bit about the lizard and the spiritual journey that mm. Boba goes on, um, he was a little shocked at the gift uh, of a lizard uh, in the beginning. A gift? Why? I love his question about why. A lizard. Thank you. I will let it guide me. Flick some kind of dust in his face to like attract the lizard to him. I'm sorry. I think I swallowed it. It's a tricky little bugger. Right up his nose. Tricky little bugger. Yeah. Um, I... I loved his response there, though, initially, and he's like, a gift, why? Because he, I don't think he felt like he, did it, he didn't think he did anything that a, a decent human, a decent person would do in trying to stop this train and, and what the Pikes were doing to them. And he's like, well, why are you giving me a gift? I don't deserve that. Like, it's not, I, I did it because it's, it was the right thing to do. It's not something that, like, should be rewarded like that i guess so it was interesting though um no you think he should have been i just i think he i think boba is changing too like i don't think he just did that because he's a just a good person i don't think that like i don't think we have any reason to believe that boba fett is out there going around doing acts of kindness I th- mm-hmm. I think he was stripped of his armor, which was like his whole identity, and he was getting those flashbacks too of how you know he saw his his dad's helmet and slave one, and he saw visions of himself in his armor, and then at the beginning of episode one, he lost all that, 
and he was, you know, left for dead and he was stripped down to nothing. And then when he confronted the Tuscans, when he was trying to escape, he had that stick. And when he was head to head with these primitive people that he also underestimated, just like the Pikes, he thought, well, I've got a stick and I'm unchained. This is no problem. He got absolutely destroyed and (laughs) he gained some respect for these warriors. And I think he learned a little bit of perspective too, that like, I have this Mandalorian thing inside of me and a, I've relied on it a little bit too much um, because Mandalorians are great, great warriors, but uh, there's something to be said for Beskar armor and uh, rocket launchers and jetpacks and uh, blaster rifles and whistling birds and filling, you know, Knee disintegration and, grenades yeah. and, uh, you know, whatever, all this stuff. Uh, because when that was all gone, he got beat up by a girl mm-hmm. in the dark with a stick. Humbled. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think he's like learning that. A, there's more out there. There's more ways. There's more honorable warriors out there than just Mandalorians who I think kind of put themselves on a pedestal a little bit. They think that they're kind of like Mm -hmm. the end all be all. Um, So I think he earned, they earned his respect first. And he was like, wow, I have a lot to learn. And then he's getting, and you can see his training with the gaffy stick is like kind of the through line of the whole thing. So the very first is he just, he gets beat. He get in the dark when he's trying to escape, they beat the crap out of him and he's done. And then in this episode, he doesn't know how to hold it. And then she knocks it out of his hands and then she doesn't knock it out of his hands, but she knocks him down on the ground, but he's getting better and she helps him up. And then by the end he's holding his own and then they're, you know, and then he's actually going to battle with it. And then, you, you know, he, He's learning their ways and he's learning how to rely on himself. Um, you know, and I, th- I think he, he just learned that these people are noble warriors worthy of his respect. And he did not appreciate that these punk pikes, who we all agree are kind of second rate, are just going to drive through their ancestral land, which they do have a claim to. Um, mm-hmm. And just shoot a bunch of them in a drive-by for no reason. Yeah. Um, so I and they did. They shot Banthas. They shot yeah. whoever was there and like didn't matter who they were shooting at. So, and you could tell it clearly affected the, the Tuscan people that they had lost so many in a split second, literally a blink of an eye, um, which is why they did the funeral pyre. So, so I, th- I think they helped him learn a lot about himself and they've become kind of like a found family for him. And he keeps getting these flashbacks of holding his dad's empty helmet. And we know he had like a little bit of a bounty hunter crew with some shady characters back in the day, but mostly he's been kind of a solo operation with not too many friends and people to rely on. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I think he, I don't think he's a good for good and sake type of person, but I think no, he respects no, no. these people and, and, um, did what he thought had to be done for his people. You said it better, I think, than what I could have when you said the found family, right? Where he's, I think that's why he was like, why are you giving me a gift? Like, we're family. This is what we do. We help each other out. Not, 
I was in it just to get something out of it. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think that was his intent. And I don't think you're right. I don't think he's going around the desert going, Hey, I'm just a good guy for hire. Let me know what you need. Yeah. Um, either, but I think he, I think he did find new family and that's what he was kind of surprised by the game. Well, and there's been all, like tons of, of rebirth imagery, you know, where he's, he's bursting out of the sand and he's bursting out of that tree mm-hmm. and he, he's becoming a new person. And, and that opening line, which he said it in the Mandalorian, I believe, but it, the, the very first thing he says during the kind of recap of this episode is, um, sometimes, fate steps in to rescue the wretched or something like that. Um, And I think that says a lot is he knows that he was just kind of out for himself and doing whatever it took to get paid and, you know, make it to the next job and live a comfortable life or whatever. And he doesn't necessarily feel great about everything he did. and, And now he's a new person and he's got his, mandalorian armor back but he's still got those tuscan uh like clothes underneath and and he's a he's a new person with a newfound kind of perspective on things yeah which is interesting well speaking of families this episode is now we're going to talk about fast and the furious tatooine yeah (laughs) it's about family uh this is the the tribes of Tatooine is what this episode is called, but I th- don't think it's just a reference to the Tuscan tribes because they do clearly say there's multiple tribes, and when the Dune Seas dried up, they kind of found their own ways of surviving. Um, but I do think it's also a reference to the different battling factions of power that you've got here, yeah. right? You've got clearly the mayor in his group, you've got the Huts, you've got the Trandoshans who were all over the street. Um, as Boba's, you know, parading this prisoner down the street and they're just shocked that he's not dead at this point. Do you guys, um, are you seeing, are you guys seeing those kind of same similarities, any drastic differences between what you see with like the Tus- the, the Tuscans, uh, the different tribes in the Tuscans or the different tribes in, I, you know, the, I don't want to say the crime syndicate, but on Tatooine and in yeah, the most aspects. I think they did the, a good job of that in both episodes is there's kind of this, this thematic through line between both the A and the B story. So the, you know, the current timeline and the past timeline, they have all these common threads to them. And, and you're right in the, in the flashback one, we've got the, the tribes of Tatooine are, are, are the Tuscan tribes uh, and then here in the current timeline, it's like you said, the, the quote, civilized people who are, are vying for power, um, you know, which is a whole different political kind of scheming rather than, you know, combat like they would have out in the warring tribes. Which I think he does, the the chief, when he's talking to him, when he talks about the Dune Sea, he does say some have uh some went were i don't want to say four some were some killed or yeah some or use violence like or something some like you, that, yeah. yeah are killing and i think it was like more of a reference to like hey our people prefer our tribe prefers non-violence like to just kind of do their thing to to you know, do our own thing and stay to ourselves whereas there's other tuscan groups out there that are more aggressive that like go out and seek that trouble well, and that could right? be in, a in our, or killing that could be a uh like a reference to where that tuscan raider 
term comes from, you know, because we've got this mm-hmm. tribe that Boba Fett's with that just seem to be kind of nomadic and they're just trying to live their lives and defend themselves and whatever. And then presumably there's other tribes that would go out and, um, you know, raid the colonizers, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and try to take their resources. Yeah. You brought up, um, you brought Josh. up a good point, Kyle. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Josh. I was just going to say that I didn't really see the through line between the two stories as much. Cause I, 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 I like that they explained how this tribe was different, but I, it wasn't really showcased. It was more as just like a, I don't want to say a throwaway conversation, but it was, you know, it was just some world building instead of like actually seeing any of it where we, you know, we saw, we kind of saw it with the, uh, the, the quote unquote present day storyline. Yeah. But I, but I see what you guys are saying. Yeah. It's like, a like you know, it's their thing. It didn't go much into it. I, you're right. It was just that one short conversation. Like if it had flashed to the Bunta Eve race, right, with the the Tuscans shooting at the pod racers, or flashed to Luke getting jumped by the Tuscans, right? Would that have kind of embellished what you were talking about? Like pieced it together versus just the one line and like, hey, we're just assuming that that's what he's referring to. I mean, yeah, I guess so. Because I mean, okay. even the Tuscans that we saw with with Mando were more you know, peaceful and able mm-hmm. to get along with, uh, you know, outworlders. Well, that, that brings, that brings me up to something I was going to say too. Um, that episode with, um, Tor- Calican. Y- no, he's talking about oh. the one with Cobb Vanth, right? Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Torah Calican too, same thing. He, he rolled with the Tuscans a little bit in both of them, I think. But that would have taken place after our flashback storyline, um, but before our mm-hmm. current. So it would have taken place in between the two Boba Fett stories. And, and when they're crossing the Dune Sea, um, Din did pay a toll to the um, ah. to the Tuscans. Yeah. So it's in my head canon, it's fun to think that that's a thing that Boba Fett instated that they're like, yeah, now if you want to cross these sands, you're going to pay up, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's a good connection. You have yeah. to pay the troll toll. Of oh, stop it. Hole. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're right. That's, um, a good connection. And I think when they're referring to him as maybe more aggressive, like Torah Calican had, he didn't want to mess with them. He didn't want any time with them. He was, I think, just would have presumed to beat him up or shoot him and move on. Whereas Mando's like, no, like, listen to him, let him talk. They're respectful people. Like, we're passing in their area. We need to be mindful of that. uh, I think Toro was just like, well, forget it, whatever. That's a major, major, major Star Wars theme, too. Like, the quote, good guy, always sides with or... Uh, is sympathetic to the indigenous person, whether it's the Ewoks or the the Gungans or the whatever. You're always like befriending the whatever yeah. quote primitive. Yep. What? Uh, so we've seen a lot of like Kyle. You Pergils. touched on it. The respect 
the the respect that you uh you saw between like Boba and the Tuscans and and like the similarities maybe that he sees between the Mandos and the Tuscans. Talk a little bit more about that. Um either of you guys jump in on this, but um you know, there's there's a lot of them there and I I could say there's I found a lot of parallels between the Tuscans and the Jedi as well, not just the Mandos, but I see a lot of the spiritual parallels between the Tuscans and the Jedi. Um, whereas I think you guys were looking at like the warrior warrior culture between the Mandos and the Tuscans. I well, because we're looking at Boba Fett here, I I see his kind of rebirth into the Tuscan Raider tribe as showing all these similarities to what it would be like to be a Mandalorian, and I, I think that's part of his awakening to like. I was indoctrinated by this Mandalorian thing and it was my whole identity, but there's this whole bigger world and everybody believes these kind of similar things and is operating in these similar ways. You know, the Tuscans have, they're all one people, but they have all their different tribes and sometimes they get along and sometimes they don't. That's, you know, just standard Mandalorian procedure. They've got their, um, their attire that's both like it's a ceremonial and spiritual thing that they earn and it's important to them. Uh, but it's also functional and used for battle and everyday life. And they've got uh, this person who we don't have a name, but who helps them forge their gaffy stick in the correct way. Uh, we've got the armor for the Mandalorians who is forging their things. And both of these people are also like kind of, carrying on i guess like um tradition in their cultures and uh you know they're warrior people it's mm-hmm. it's all just you know they're they're very very similar in a lot of a lot of ways it's just you know beskar versus linen and and gaffy sticks versus uh rocket launchers you know but it we're we're talking technology differences not really like human differences or mm-hmm. philosophical differences you know i think they're right. they're just yeah. very similar in a lot of those ways yeah i need to um, stop letting cow go first <laughs> no, go ahead josh or did he no, already get all I mean, your that's things? pretty much it i mean and you but you said it uh, i i think you know some of those pieces of ceremony and and um some of that stuff is present for the jedi too i mean i feel like you can find mm-hmm parallels in all star wars groups if you look hard enough it's like poetry i I thought the tree was really interesting because the jedi i mean they had the tree in the middle of the jedi temple on coruscant um there was a tree on octo where luke was that housed you know the entry to the the jedi temple there yeah, well, yeah. Well, page, <laughs> till, page till Yoda burned it down, but he was like, "Burn it all down." Um, That's what I like. You know, the about funeral him. pyres, um, the create building your own weapon, very similar, right? Like to the Mandalorians, your armor. They're going to build their own weapon, which is your passing of being, you know, the Padawan to the Jedi Knight. Um, when you get different the ropes, when to you the Padawan too, even though we don't really notice it, yeah. like the robes are different. Especially, you hear about them talking about it in the. Um, high republic like i think there was a little bit more uh, emphasis put on uh jedi fashion the drip yeah uh, during yeah during <laughs> jedi drip during that time um yeah, yeah. So, well yeah. and you, the tuscans even their i mean their robes i don't know what to call it 
because they're just like strips of cloth that they wrapped around him in a specific way, really. But like their robe or gi situation, um, obviously you have to earn that too because the children, the Tuscan children, were mostly just wearing like shirts and pants. Uh, so you had that whole wrap that they like wrapped him in when he was standing there, uh, that is part of that whole ceremony too. It seems like you got to earn yeah. the right to those. And his looked different than theirs in the sense that when they like, you know, he's got his arms out, they're individually wrapping around his hands mm-hmm. in here, but he didn't have something that really kind of, when he opens his arm billows out, it was more uh into like into his body where he had more maneuverability of his arms um i think because they recognize he's he's he works different and operates different than how they do a little bit uh with his i I need to know some more about the tuscan biology uh i don't like Mm -hmm. what's going on under their like because obviously they've got the masks (laughs) on all the time they had gloves too but it seemed like Mm -hmm. um boba's hand just got kind of wrapped i don't I don't know. I mean, obviously the intention is that you're protecting yourself from the sun without trapping the heat inside you. It's like a functional thing. People in the deserts of the middle East wear long flowing clothing that covers their skin too. It's like a functional desert thing, but I don't know exactly. It's a, his, his clothing is kind of like an RPG game as you move through the game. Oh, you found gloves. Oh, you found leveling up. You found a hat. (laughs) Like, Oh, okay. I'm just adding pieces now. So what, uh, what were some of the things you guys really, really enjoyed in this episode or didn't enjoy in this episode? Josh, I'm going to let you go first this time since Kyle has been going first. Um, scrolling down on my notes here. Well, I already said what I didn't like. The, honestly, the only thing that I didn't like was the the train seemed kind of forced. But, I mean, that is what it is. And um, I understand why they did it. Uh, so the first thing, I, I lo- obviously, we've talked about it a bunch. Uh, Santi. I love seeing Santi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like seeing the Pikes. I, and I, I like them for the same reason. I like whenever this live-action TV stuff connects to other star wars in ways that doesn't feel forced Mm -hmm. and sometimes i like it when it feels forced too um so as as much connective tissue between different parts of the you know universe as possible um and you know the pikes it's it connects us to solo which i'm hoping is purposeful um Mm -hmm. you know for reasons and uh you know so that's that's one thing i i and i love this i love boba's journey boba's journey coming becoming part of the tribe um and i it mirrors the noble savage thing a little bit with westerns but i think that they did more to kind of do it with respect to indigenous people instead of just making them like an other which in that that probably has something to do with the the uh you know it being 2022 but also uh you know uh tem is um is an indigenous person himself so Mm -hmm. that being said i was really hoping that there would be a haka in the little dance but there wasn't Mm. which is unfortunate but well that's what i was wondering too is is do we think part of that dance that was uh scripted that way do we think it's maori is that right um is that uh, they, it's, I think it's pronounced Maori. Maori, but 
Yeah, do we think I don't think there was a. Ho- of, I mean, it's if, not a haka, but it, no. maybe it's a different. It could be. Well, it's it's. I mean, we. I need the behind the scenes here, people. It's definitely I mean. uh, thematically similar to that kind of traditional, mm-hmm. like influences yeah. from yeah. yeah, yeah, tribal warrior situation. And even uh, though people hated it, I loved I loved that there was appropriately placed uh, comic relief. Yes, that, I like that doesn't show. really bother me. Appropriate place, appropriately placed. I'm the appropriate comic relief. Place comic relief. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Josh. I had beef on the train droid conductor. Uh, like clearly, there's something going on with the train. Your protocol is to increase power and go faster. Like, and I get it. Like. In in, in, a, in a wild west, they would have been like, "Oh, well, I need to go faster so the horses can't catch up," right? But it seems that the technology they were using was pretty able to catch up, and there was people already on the train. Safety protocols to me would say maybe we shouldn't speed up. Maybe we should, you know, slow down a little bit. But that's just me. But the train droid was cool. He like ducked out the window and was gone. Um, yeah, I noticed that and, too. You don't see a lot of <laughs> um, droids just like abandoning their post like that. No, maybe that was his instruction was like, don't get caught. Yeah, like, but know. at that point, the train was already done. So, uh, Kyle, what about you? Some likes, dislikes of this week's episode? Um, I really liked BK. Uh, I think we've kind of beat that uh, to death. Yeah. He was awesome. I really hope he shows up again. Um, I really, really, really am loving all the flashback stuff where we're getting Boba Fett like rediscovering who he's going to be for this rest of his life. Um, I, I'm, I really, really am jo- enjoying all of it. And the Tuscans too, like the elaborating on who they are and, and this like proud, somewhat oppressed indigenous people. Uh, I, I'm really, really enjoying all that stuff. Um, I did think some of the practical creatures uh, the Trandoshans um, that were standing on the side of the street. And then I think some of the the Nikto Hell's Angels, uh, I think some of them did not look great. Um, that's nitpicky, but I think their faces looked really mm. kind of plasticky and some of their eyes looked wide and manic and crazy. Um, but Star Wars standards are high and I think they could have done a little better with some of those. Uh, but I don't really have too many gripes uh i don't think uh i will say since we were talking about this earlier and i know everybody wants crimson dawn to show up (laughs) i think it would make more sense for crimson dawn to show up um to stick up for those pikes in some way uh and come to maybe have words about messing up that spice shipment more than they would uh that would be the people you need to get approval from to take out a hut Uh, i think the huts would always be too powerful to be serving another crime family uh the pikes not so much they would be very happy Mm. to be uh answering to somebody more powerful to them than them yeah yeah makes still probably a long shot but i think that would make more sense to me yeah, two episodes in, uh, pretty solid show so far. I, I yeah, think uh, I'll keep watching it. Wait, yeah, it's um, 
different than what I it was not what I expected, but it is it is a welcome surprise. I, I'll say I'll put it that way. It's uh it's been nice. I, I love um this the cinematography and the intro of the characters, the different characters that we got in this episode. They're thematically different. So like when you hear the drum beating and the music that comes with the huts when they're coming in was different than when BK walks around the corner of the litter. He had his own kind of music going. The music that was tied to the train pursuit was really cool. Yeah, they're keeping all those um, musical themes like really distinct from one Yeah, it's, it still had a lot of that vocal singing, the chanting kind of stuff with it, but it was a, a heavier tone. It was faster. Um, definitely picked up the the tent you know made it a little bit more intense had you on the edge of your seat um so the how they've introduced characters and how they bring in their own themes and tie with the music in this i think is really really cool um and then uh i really like i said i love the comic relief on the bike training montage that was probably my favorite part of this i heard that uh ludwig um consulted the quad city djs on the train music <laughs> <laughs> no Jesus. come on ride that train no. i will not uh, acknowledge that gosh. put it in kyle no no <laughs> what song did you see there was two song references this episode and they were both terrible and i don't want to do either one of them <laughs> justin said one at the beginning that i was yeah like, it was at the beginning no, I don't <laughs> yeah it was good and i don't want to do um, quite I- djs either the only other cool the, the uh, other cool piece that I saw was the uh obviously when they go to the forge master to make the gaffy stick, that little kind of hollowed out shell of a ship is a direct Ralph McQuarrie uh artwork. Very cool. So here we've got them taking Ralph McQuarrie, sticking it back into the show. Anytime they find an opportunity to use his artwork and his concept and designs in the show, I'm I'm super on board with because they're awesome to look at i don't know why but i really enjoyed watching them make that gaffy stick uh from mm-hmm. the just a branch and turning it into like a a special weapon i thought that was really cool they tempered it and in like uh mm-hmm. forge welded it and all kinds of stuff it was it was good yeah uh the one thing we did not mention and i don't have any notes on this so i don't want to talk about it but <laughs> uh does anybody want to talk about cammy and uh what's his name in the bar fixer yeah yeah, yeah. these are people yeah. we know about so the cool thing was was when you if you go back and you look at the cutscenes from a new hope and you look at the Tosh, whole experience at the tashi station the they recreated the entire bar inside the way that it was there, including that gaming table that you see that the two guys are playing. The two, I think, Nicktoes were playing on when they when you first walk in. That's the same gaming table that was in that video footage from A New Hope. And, you know, Cami and Fixer are still there. They look... Love that bar. Good. They I, love that bar. I mean, they didn't want to leave, man. It's like Cheers. They're always there. They're like, regulars. Everybody knows your name. Well... Except for if, the Nick If the bartender doesn't know his two regulars name, he is a terrible bartender. Right. <laughs> right, right. I felt like it was uh like Luke went away to college and they were the two kids that they were the two people who never left the small the small town and now they're stuck. Married there, their high you know. school sweetheart and he uh, yeah. still yep. eat dinner at the same local restaurant every Friday. 
This guy's just yeah. trying to get his Applebee's on on a Tuesday night yeah. for half price appetizers. It's one of my two for Tuesday. Nikto bikers come in and just start wreaking havoc. It's not right. Yeah. It's not right. That was not going <laughs> to go you. well for him either, I don't think. No. <laughs> you were drastically outnumbered. Um, I don't know. I Like, he said it loud enough. Maybe he didn't think the Nikto could speak. I don't know ba- what he basic. thought. I don't, I don't think know. he was it's... thinking was the problem. No. He was going to get lit up until Boba came in. And I love how at the end of that fight sequence, Boba walks over to the bar, just grabs a cup, takes a big drink, goes, ah, and then walks out. It was thirsty business. They're in a desert. Yeah. He's like, I'm done. He's like, that drink was good, man. So, but yeah, speaking of drinks, hey, join us Friday night. Oh, here we go. This guy. Live stream. You don't have to drink. but you, No, you, you don't can, have to drink. But you don't have to. You can. You can bring water. That's what I normally drink. Calf. You can bring whatever you want. Calf? Okay. You're going to drink ca- coffee at 8.30 at night? Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, Meatloaf's working normally oh, like during true. that time, so maybe he is drinking calf. He might so. need it. Anyway, uh, anything else before we uh, we get out of here? No? No? Okay, cool. Star Wars. <laughs> You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go We hope you guys have enjoyed breakdown of episode two, The Tribes of Tatooine for the Book of Boba Fett. We went a little long on this one, but we did have a lot to talk about, and this episode was considerably longer than the first episode, so there was a lot to cover. Um, Like I said, as always, you can join us on the live streams Friday night, 8.30, Facebook, Twitch, and... Ah, crap. I keep forgetting the third one. It's Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, it's um, easy one. You can watch us on any one of those three. Um, you can find us anywhere on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Outer Rim Beacon. You can email us, OuterRimBeacon at gmail.com, which reminds me, there is a Twitter competition out there. If you were on the Friday Night Live stream last week, Kyle dropped oh, a Pokemon in the dang middle of the show who doesn't even know you don't even know Pokemon Uh, if you caught it email us we will send you a prize pack from our good friends at Rebel Art Empire if you can name which Pokemon he dropped so I mean at this point you could go back and watch the live stream on YouTube some people have I know (laughs) that's what I'm saying like there's a free prize out there people all you gotta do is email us and we'll send it to you and know the answer are we picking the, the first yeah. person Don't or just, are we just picking a random? First, no, it's first, first person. come, first, first serve. person. Yeah. yeah, so first person to send it in will win a prize pack. There's like pins, stickers, magnets, postcards in here, a whole bunch of goodies. And all that but I will jazz. get it out to you ASAP. You just got to email us with who the Pokemon was. Um, weird, I know, for a Star Wars show, right? My name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at I am the Ben 2. Where can they find you guys at? This is Josh, and you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Venmo at Battle of Tanab. This is Kyle, and I am KB underscore legend on Reddit. On everything. Whatever. On everything. Everywheres. Mm-hmm. Maggie couldn't be with us tonight. She is working hard at one of the million jobs that she has, but you can find her at Maggie of the Town. Just about anywhere. Yeah. So, everywhere. 
Anyway, everybody have a great one. May the force be with you. Always. Always. Like a bantha. <laughs> Bye.